The Philadelphia Eagles will win oh my the God. 2024 Super Bowl. Gio, true or true? Well, I guess I'm left with true. So nice. Um... <laughs> that's a, that's a good answer because it's gonna happen. Because it's the only option I got. It's like um, it's like growing up in like a communist country, and you go to the polls, and there's one name on the ballot, and you have to vote. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, if you're if you're comparing our podcast to, you um, are a communist dictator, and oh in this podcast, yes, that is well, what I'm saying. If, if that means the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl next year, you know what? You can portray me however you like, man. All right, Karl Marx, relax over there. Um, <laughs> or or you can portray me like the Baltimore Ravens organization. Boom. Yeah, and and if that's the case, Aaron. First off, great segue. If that's the case, <laughs> if that's the case, Aaron, then I must not be portraying you with that much integrity and that much trust, because our boy Lamar Jackson, friend of the show, um, he's been on multiple times. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just on our unaired podcast. Yeah, he's been on multiple times. Just haven't aired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't we haven't aired it yet. I mean, it's kind of just like more personal for us. We don't want to like you know put on the podcast. Just kind of like you know our buddy. You know, just us chatting with him. But um, no, for real, he's been franchise tagged. Um, which essentially, Aaron, from what I understand, and if you have any information that contradicts this or to add to. Um, my understanding is that I think it's around $32 million transfer or sorry, transfer, uh, franchise tag. <laughs> and basically in addition to being on the franchise tag, what this allows to is for other teams to negotiate with, um, Lamar Jackson and offer him basically whatever they want. And then Baltimore has an option to match that offer similar to like an offer sheet in the NHL. Um, and if they elect to not match that offer, the compensation uh, reportedly is two first-round draft picks. Yeah, so it's a non-exclusive franchise tag. So normally the teams will put on the exclusive franchise tag, so then that player is essentially stuck with the team. Yeah, uh, really for good for year. relationships with the player. Usually works so well. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> amazing. But this is a non-exclusive tag, and – the Ravens are actually, I think, quite smart for doing this because, and I guess we'll get, we'll dive. This has been a massive topic, man, over the last couple of days in the NFL. And not just because it's Lamar Jackson, but because like players, former players are speaking their displeasure about this on Twitter, on like wherever. Dick right? Sherman like, is not happy. A lot of people, like JJ Watt tweeted, Ryan Clark tweeted, a lot of guys. Um, have tweeted their displeasure because Lamar Jackson, former NFL MVP, um, he's going to be in his prime now, 25, 26 years old, right? And it's not like he's asking for a gajillion dollars. He's asking for top dollar money, but he's a former NFL MVP. And this is like at a bad time because Daniel Jones just inked a $40 million a year deal. And then you see the contracts Russell, Russell Wilson had and Deshaun Watson had. It's like, but I guess we can touch on that in a second. So where were we? We we're talking about the franchise tag. Um, 
basically they were saying it's smart. They're smart by doing this because Baltimore's getting other teams to do the work for them. hundred percent. Right? In terms of like regulating the market, because Baltimore has an idea of what the market is. Lamar Jackson has his own idea of what the market is. So there's a clear divide. Now, whichever teams offer him a contract, that's going to be like the market, right? And then it, when he accepts it, Baltimore will just be like, okay, we'll match it. No problem at all. Done. Because they're not going to let go of Lamar that easily. And two first-round picks is nowhere near enough compensation compared to what Russell Wilson was traded for. Well, uh, 100%. And it's – yeah, it's – I put it this way. And by the way, I got a little bit of a an additional lisp as today I, tr- I changed my trays for my Invisalign. So, um, yeah, hopefully we'll get an Invisalign sponsorship with the amount of times I've been, uh, you know, chatting about them on this pod. But nonetheless, <laughs> moving on. Um yeah, it, it, I would say it's smart but sleazy in a way. And I think that's where, like, the players are getting upset about it. You're seeing guys come out. And, look, I'm not blaming the Ravens because if I'm in Ravens management and ownership, I'm doing the same thing. Like, it's I'm not going to sit here and, and talk about, you know, get on my high horse and, and talk about how the Ravens are doing Lamar dirty and they're, you know, scumbags. Because, look, at the end of the day, this is a business. And you have to, and you have to do what's in the best interest of your organization. Now, the one thing that I, I don't know, I find a little bit interesting is that there's the perception out there, just like you mentioned, that teams are not really approaching Lamar um, and trying to kind of come after him because, in essence, their belief is is that they they would be doing the work for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, and establishing the market and basically doing all this work to get him a deal. And then and then Baltimore's like, perfect, we'll just match that. Um, there's two things that I wonder about. One is, is there a number out there, obviously not getting like insanely crazy, that like would push, that would allow a team to sign Lamar and the Ravens not match? Like, I wonder if there is a breaking point and what that breaking point is without getting crazy. Like, no one's going to come in and give him, like, $60 million a year or anything stupid. But, like, I wonder if there's a number that, that can kind of tip the scales where Baltimore's like, oh, shit, we kind of played ourselves. And now, like, we have to pay a mega amount for our QB. And based off of other factors, we don't know if we should or could do that. My second question um Aaron is do you think that I mean there's been sort of a, a belief out there I, I personally have my own take on it, in which I don't really see it as as true um that like there is like a collusion amongst general managers here um to basically not pursue Lamar Jackson um and I think that's something that's been toted by fans but even Richard Sherman I mean I know he made a tweet where he said you know, would this even be the case at all where nobody's making a, an offer if it's like Joe Burrow, you know, and kind of trying to draw the comparison there. And I kind of see what he's angling at. But at the end of the day, the way that I personally look at it is that, like you said yourself, no one wants to establish the market for the Ravens and do all that work because there, there's one of two things. It's either they go with the number they're comfortable with, try to sign them, and the Ravens match. Or they they would essentially have to be forced into a number that they're not comfortable with to the, get the Ravens not to match. 
So basically that team that were to offer sheet or negotiate with Lamar Jackson would be in a lose-lose situation either way. So what were your two questions again? No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was um, a long one. Let's, let's talk about the collusion because you were saying may not be true. I 100% think there's collusion going on, not between the Jenner managers, but between the owners of the NFL. And there's two ways you can look at it. One way there's collusion between the other owners to why shall we do Baltimore's work and sign a contract with Lamar and have Baltimore match easy, right? So the other owners could think of it in a way where let's let this unfold and blow up in Baltimore's face uh, with these negotiations and then get maybe Lamar at a, a different way, right? Because again, like I said, two first round picks, Baltimore's not releasing Lamar Jackson for two first round picks. It's not, it's not going to happen. Right. Um, the second thing um, with the collusion is it just doesn't make sense, man. And what doesn't make sense is you look at it two years ago, or I guess, yeah, a year and a half ago with Deshaun Watson, right? He was sought after, man, by so many teams in the NFL. And he hadn't played in a year and a half or two years. He was suspended the whole time. There were still pending cases for all his <laughs> massages that, that went wrong, right? Like there were so many civil cases against him. Like there was a chance that he could have still gotten into jail at that time where he had signed that Browns contract. And he was, he's not an MVP, right? He hasn't done anything crazy like Lamar to prove himself to sign a massive contract. And he was still getting so much demand from multiple NFL teams. And then all of a sudden now you see a similar-ish, not really similar situation with Lamar Jackson, who hasn't done anything wrong. Um, he's put up an MVP season. He's only 20, like I said, again, 26 years old and like you're telling me, man, that nobody wants to sign this guy. That I makes, don't think that's that makes sorry. no sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the case. I think a lot of guys want to, or a lot of teams want to sign him. Now, I do. When you put it that way, like yes, in terms of the collusion amongst owners, I could definitely see that as kind of like a tactic to basically have more control on the QB market. The owners are kind of coming together to try to sort of, um, you know, put a cap on certain things and, and, and maybe retain or pull back some of the more negotiating power over the players if they come together and kind of dictate this, you know, as a unit and, and not allow players to kind of um, run run ride here with, with numbers and contract lengths or whatever, you know, stuff like that. The one thing that I would be a little bit more interested in is that if, if Lamar J Jackson had more autonomy in his destination and it wasn't just with like the Ravens, because I have a hard time understanding why. So let's just say I'm, I don't know, the Falcons or I am, in fact, the Falcons should be pursuing Lamar. I don't really know what's holding them back, but um, or any other team for that matter, Miami, or you know, a team that kind of wants to, let's say a team that wants to actually really compete next year and feel like he's the missing piece, which right. he'd be a huge piece for any team. But if I'm going to like enter negotiations with this guy, like 
if you really think about it, like I'm the manager of X team and I'm talking to Lamar Jackson and I want to get this guy really badly and I offer him 50 mil a year and he accepts, the Ravens are going to match that. So where am I, like basically I'm going to be setting myself up and wasting my time unless I come up with a number that is so egregious for the Ravens that they are forced to accept the compensation. So again, reverting back to my first point is like, we don't know what that number is. But, but you wouldn't think it's, you wouldn't think it's worth it though. This guy's the former MVP of the league and he's proven himself uh, on almost every occasion, just besides his durability, to be honest. And he's done so without Baltimore really and truly surrounding elite talent around him. Mark and Hollywood Brown. Yeah, they tried with Hollywood Brown. Not really. He's literally got Mark Andrews, and that's all he's yeah, got to throw. They've to. kind of tried in the draft. Like I know J.K. Dobbins, but you know what I mean. Like they haven't really tried. Like they've, and like, they've tried stacked them up. Like yeah, they've kind of tried through the draft. Like you know, they drafted Rashad Bateman, um, who hasn't really panned out so far, right? Duvernay. Duvernay. Yeah, like but you know what I mean. Like so, yeah. It's just weird, man, that teams aren't taking that. Like, you're telling me there's not one team in the league that's willing to take just a risk. Who cares? Like, if, if let's say Baltimore matches they it, match great. It. What, what, whatever. At least, try. but it's not. I don't think that's the thing, though, Aaron. I don't think it has to do with risks. I don't think anybody's worried about risking their two first rounders if they get Lamar. I think what they're worried about is, okay we're going to need to come up with a number to get this guy. Because if we roll in there and come in with $47 million a year, we're going to look like idiots because Baltimore's going to laugh and match that. So, like, to really make it worth well, your time and Lamar get this guy. Lamar could decline it too, though. He's got to accept that contract. Which one? Like The one from the team or the one that Baltimore matching it? Yeah, the, the one, from the the one team. with Baltimore matching it. Like, they would – Well, he would, it's, like an R, we, it's like an RFA pretty much now. Right, but like if it, let's say like the the Falcons come in and sign him sign him to a forty seven million dollar deal um, for four years or whatever, so forty seven a year. If Baltimore matches that, they automatically get his rights. It's not like he can say no. I'm not signing the one that Baltimore matched. They have that right to match it. Yeah, I just don't, right. I so just, what I'm saying, I just don't get why no one's trying. I just like the reason I don't think anyone's trying is because for them to, tr- I think the way they're looking at it is like, for, if we truly, truly have a shot at this guy without Baltimore matching it, we're going to have to go to a number that we're just simply not comfortable with. And to add insult to injury, we're going to have to part with two first round picks, which isn't, I don't think a big thing for these teams. I don't think they're worried about the compensation. They're worried about getting into a crazy number territory where they're cap strapped and maybe they don't feel that they can support like if they have to go up to god i don't know how much they'll have to go up to 55 million maybe yeah to get them without without baltimore being comfortable to match and then they're thinking okay well now our cap is is kind of in in flux how can we surround this guy and still be competitive i think that's what the issue is i don't think anybody cares about the two first round picks um i don't think that there's worry about the player i think they know exactly who he is and what he can do it's just more the the structure of what you're doing to your team and what you'll need to do to actually acquire this player. The fact that no one's gone into negotiations with them, though, 
That's a little. Crazy. I think I'm surprised. You know what? What I'm more surprised about is like, why aren't teams trying to trade for him? Like, and then basically, like, I, I don't know. Like, why don't you try to? I don't know what the Baltimore would probably want a, a boatload of stuff. But I mean, I would just kind of let this. If I'm a team, I'd just kind of let this thing fester out a little bit and bank on Lamar getting frustrated, which I think is what's going to happen. I, I think there's a high chance that Lamar will hold out if he doesn't get an offer that's fair. Like, I don't think this guy's going to want to play for 32 mil and on, and then go back to Baltimore who doesn't surround him with, with any help um, unless they go out and get like a Hopkins or something. But I, I think he's going to get frustrated. So if I'm a team, I'm going to wait till maybe, you know, quote unquote, shit hits the fan and try to be like, Hey, Baltimore, why don't we just make an actual deal for this guy? We take his rights and we sign him to what, he's comfortable with and what we're comfortable with and then go from there. But yeah, and it's yet to be seen. In all honesty, he should have held out last year and he did Baltimore a favor by playing last year in a contract year. And he you know, still got injured, but he avoided significant injury luckily. And for the type of quarterback that he is, who's much more susceptible to injury, I'm, I am right. surprised that he did play game well, now- last year without the guarantee of a contract. So, well, now Baltimore's got Pro Bowler Snoop Huntley, so they're not even worried, man. They got their own, uh, their own ace up their sleeves. Tyler, <laughs> Pro Bowl Huntley. <sighs> yeah, it. it's just it. This is just typical NFL, and like I said again, the timing of it is horrific. With Daniel Jones getting forty plus million dollars a year. <laughs> and then, oh, and then God. Lamar, like what a slap like, in the face! Yeah, we got Lamar, who's like uh, thirty thousand times better uh, than that top five fantasy quarterback goof. Whoever said that was a dumbass. Um, oh, it was you, Jim. Who? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Just, hey, Dable can make things happen, baby. Dave, don't sleep on Dable. Maybe, he could turn anybody maybe, to it. Maybe Baltimore is there. Maybe they'll. Get draft capital for Lamar Jackson and use that capital to draft or trade up in the draft and pick Anthony Richardson. Ooh, well, with reports coming out now that uh, he has entered as more than just a dark horse to go first overall. Apparently, it's a three horse race here um, amongst the likes of C.J. Stroud, Bryce um, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson and. As you stated, Aaron, on the last time we we circled back on um, on Anthony Richardson, you you felt like this guy really could be that first overall pick. Um, it's weird, yeah, because it's uh, it is kind of it feels like it's a bit kind of late in the game. I mean, he must have had he had an insane combine, which I think is maybe why it's the recency bias, but. He he to me, Aaron. Sorry, before you kind of take the floor because I know you you you've had some you know thoughts about this for a while. He is the most talented quarterback, like in terms of talent, raw talent. Will that talent be properly developed into you know an elite quarterback? I don't know. But out of those three guys, I think he's got the most natural talent. Yeah. Um. When I when because I watch college football and Florida is in the SEC, sometimes Florida games would be on TV. Like you, when we were when I would watch Florida play and I'd watch Anthony Richardson, guy would unreal, like athleticism, 
I th- I thought he was I thought he was like a freshman or something, so I didn't know he was draft eligible. But when watching him play, you can see the IQ is not really there. There's a lot of rawness in his talent, but I'm like, like this guy could be really really good. And like why? Like I was always I would always think in my head like, what's wrong with this guy that NFL teams aren't looking at him? And there's so many college quarterbacks like that, Gio, where they'll put up uh, crazy numbers, but they're just not translating to the NFL like style of play. And I thought Anthony Richardson was one of those guys. Cause he was so off every NFL team's radar. I'm like, Oh, like he's not on any team's radar. Or he must be one of those guys that just relies on his feet too much, has no pocket presence, da da da. And he has no pocket presence to the point where they can't even develop that at the NFL. So, and now watching him climb up the draft boards, uh, I'm like, wow, this is like, I thought this guy was actually like not half bad and he was like so low on everyone's draft boards. Why was that? So, but every year, man, this happens every freaking combine, every day, like people get enamored with the 40 yard dash. They get enamored with how high they can jump the vertical, how much you can bench press and all that good stuff. That, that stuff doesn't really matter. Like, people were like, oh, my goodness, Bryce Young is 5'10 and a half, undraftable. Oh, Bryce Young is six foot in shoes. Oh, breathe. Breathe a sigh of relief. Bryce Young is six foot in shoes. It's okay. Like, what, what the heck is that supposed to mean? Remember last year when everyone was like, oh, my God, Kenny Pickett's hands are like seven inches long and, oh, and yeah. like, holy, holy shit. Like, that. It's always some, some stupid, like. Oh. Like with Jamarcus Russell, yeah. remember Jamarcus Russell? Raiders drafted him in 07, right? This guy had the size, he had the strength, he had a little bit of athleticism, and he this guy could throw the ball like 75 yards on his back foot. This guy was the worst draft pick in NFL history. Anthony, Zach Wilson, you know why the I don't know if you remember why the Jets the Jets drafted this guy due to his because of that throw raw. <laughs> Uh, throwing ability and strength. What the hell is that turning into? W- this guy looks like Kenny. He yeah. literally, he remember he rolled out. I yeah. think in the pocket and just like whipped one sixty yards. Yeah. Like rolled, rolled out to his left and threw. A, uh, yeah, rolled out to his left and threw to the right, which is cross body, right? Yeah, for a right-handed quarterback. Like, you know what I mean? Like uh, makes no sense. It's all stupid things. And then, and then you like, got. Just- I don't know if you can pull it up. Like Jerry Rice, greatest NFL receiver of all time. I think he ran a four eight. For his forty-yard dash, a four-eight. That is like slow, but he is like the greatest route runner of all time. Tom Brady, dude, that's like a it's like a lineman now, not a lineman, but like definitely a linebacker pace four-eight. Yeah, like I, I don't understand why people get so enamored over these crazy numbers. Tom Brady's a great example. I mean, this guy looked like a dad at a barbecue at his combine. Yeah, and um, he turned out to be the greatest of all time. So it's. I totally see what you're saying, and, and I, I agree with you. I, I think it's a smokescreen. I think it's a little bit of, like, people trying to maybe build a little bit more hype for a draft that doesn't really have any, like, can't-miss talents, you know? Like, the CJ Stroud and Bryce Young are nice talents, and they're good quarterbacks. Um, and obviously in other positions, too, like Will Anderson is, is a good prospect, and um Bijan Robinson looks like he's going to be a sick running back for anybody who gets him but it's like you said it's the same thing every year it's the trying to build the hype and and whatnot but I think the best situation for a player um um 
in this situation for, for a quarterback like him, you know, he needs to go to a place kind of like in Tennessee where, you know, you are sitting behind a guy like Ryan Tannehill, like, like, uh, like Willis, you know, and you're just going to kind of basically grow for a couple of years, two, three years, because you're such a raw talent. Like, I honestly believe that like, that's Green Bay's model, right? Like we've seen it with Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and now more than likely Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. And, you know, it's yet to be seen what Jordan Love is going to look like as a polished product. But, you know, he lo- he's looked really good um, in the stints that he's had and he's been learning. And that's, that's all you can really ask for for a guy like Anthony Richardson is just to kind of, you know, go to a place. I could see him definitely now depending on how high he goes, Aaron. So he's obviously, you know, amongst those four quarterbacks, right? Like he's in that, in that tier of like young Stroud and Levis, like those guys are all, are all kind of going to be first round quarterbacks, I think. Um, So I could see him ending up at a team like Houston. And I know Houston has the second overall pick. So that would essentially mean that he's going very high, but forget where they are position wise, but like a team like Houston, a team like Atlanta, you know, where maybe one of those teams goes out and signs a stopgap QB like Jimmy Garoppolo or who Ryan Tannehill. Well, that's exactly what Jimmy G is. He's a stopgap. He's just a guy who's going to be there for two, three years until, you know, the main, you know, product. What is is Jimmy not? This guy is is, a perfect fit for a championship caliber team. This guy's a stopgap quarterback. He is the creator of football stuff. I mean, that's that's, that's the beauty of of Jimmy, dude, is that, like, you literally can put him anywhere and he'll just ball. Like, you want to put him as, like, a three-year waiting gap for your prospect? Boom, put him in. You want to put him as a game manager on one of the best teams in the NFL and go to the Super Bowl? Boom, put him in. You know, like he could do whatever the hell you want him to do. So he's elite. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, speaking speaking of, you know, Jimmy, I mean, I think we've done a pretty good job of covering, you know, Anthony Richardson and, and the QBs um, going into the draft here. But I'd like to shift our focus to the QBs that are hitting the open market in free agency. Um, we've seen Derek Carr, Aaron, move from the Las Vegas Raiders and officially sign with the New Orleans Saints, taking him off the board. And now we've got basically a small handful of QBs left on the market. Um, and now, you know, what I'd like to ask you to kind of kick it off is based off who we have kind of available, way, like, what? how are you kind of ranking each of these quarterbacks? And I know it's... We've done this before, but now that things are kind of starting to move a little bit, especially with Carr, and now that Rodgers has, you know, come out of his cave um, and come to life, you know, what do you think is going to happen with these free agents and and what direction are we looking at here for for the names that are left? Um, I'm trying to think who's a free agent, first of all. So it sure looks like... So I can... It sure looks like I know Aaron Rodgers isn't a free agent, but it sure looks like he's going to go to New York at this point, not the Raiders. He's getting shopped, um, yeah. He's he's probably the Raiders. Oh, who was I think? Who was I thinking about here? And I, it's funny because I brought this up on previous episodes. The Raiders are broke; they got no money, and that's apparently why they can't afford to go after Aaron Rodgers because they can't afford to pay him like just cash or they're cash poor. Um, so they're kind of afraid to make a splash. So they might, the Raiders might go to the draft route here. 
save some save some cash and develop somebody. Uh, oh man, you can't you can't do that, dude. You can't do that. I mean, you can't sit around with Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro, and well, what, hey, and Darren when Waller. you got no money, you can. <laughs> what, are you gonna go? You're gonna go to Will Levis and be like, "All right, this is our guy, Devonte." Uh, hey, when you when <laughs> like, you got no money, you can. And it's crazy to think that as an NFL owner, you got no money. But Mark Davis built that crazy ass stadium, um, signed Josh McDaniels to that massive contract. I think he's still paying Gruden. Uh, so, like, yeah. Cash, dude. Cash short. Las Vegas. He's not. He's not, it's, he's not really Vegas. like a rich owner. He never really was. He spends because he loves the game. Dude, Vegas has Garoppolo written all over him. Goodness. All over him for all the things you said, like cash poor. Uh, Jimmy G's not going to be an expensive quarterback well, he's, he's on the market. He's going to thirty million. Maybe. Oh, for sure. Like, he'll, yeah, twenty. Sure okay. If he's like the third quarterback off the market, because Carr was ahead of him, and who else is ahead of him now? Uh, Nobody. Yeah. So that I can't think that, of any. That means he's, he's a, thirty million. Sure. He's the cream of the crop. Oh my god. He's like, he's the, the okay. That means he's gonna get like thirty-five. He'll get for sure thirty, at least thirty. If he's the if if. Yeah, but you can Oakland not even afford thirty? Well, I mean, a rookie quarterback contract's like fifteen, dude, or even less. Right, but but like that is, yeah, dude. Mark Davis is going to be in for a world of pain if he if he rolls into the first day of training camp with Will Levis as a starting QB. You can't do that. You got to get somebody, and you know, I don't like looking at these names here, Aaron. Like it's a crazy bad quarterback class. Like Carson Wentz. Let's face it, this guy's going to the XFL. Um, Arena Football League. <laughs> Like Marcus Mariota, like how maybe he gets his way back to to Vegas. I don't know. Like Mariota's an interesting quarterback because I kind of like Mariota um, in some ways. Like he's obviously not what he was, you know, what they thought he was when they came into the draft. But I think there's a quarterback there for a team like, you know, Washington, for example, or, you know, whoever else, kind of like a middling team that, it just kind of needs someone for the short term. He's he's okay, but everyone else on this thing, like Baker Mayfield, gosh, like I like it's awful, man. It's an awful class. Like I could see Mayfield with the Bucks, um, or Mariota with the Bucks. I could see Mayfield with like the Falcons, um. But I don't know, man. Like, this is just a terrible, terrible class. And the main teams that we're looking – like, the teams that need quarterbacks, like, let's play matchmaker right. here, okay? Ooh. Like, we've got, Ve- we've got Vegas. We've got the Jets. We've got Washington. We've got Tennessee. Um, we have Carolina. And we have Tampa Bay. Now, let's just go through those teams, Aaron. I'll hand it off to you first. Just play matchmaker right now with those teams. Hmm. I feel like I got to put more thought into this, man. I am. Uh... <sighs> and Dark Horse Miami in terms of needing a QB. Although, God. I don't know. There's so much stuff going on. Like, yeah, I would love to predict, but I'm going to I'm gonna stay. Uh... Ugh, the draft has got to happen. Sorry. Can't really. Uh... I can't really. Really wow, so Aaron is a coward. I'll tell you what I think. You know what? Um, <laughs> give me one. 
Give me one QB prediction. Well, okay, one QB prediction. Marcus Mariota will not be a starting quarterback this season. It's not the, really. It's not really. The, a... <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons could very, very well draft a quarterback in the second or third or fourth round and start Desmond Ritter this year. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. Oh, they're going to go after somebody. Um, geez. Sammy Darnold maybe could go over there. The Buccaneers are in a world of trouble. World of trouble. Um, they really are, man. They were, I think, really banking on uh, on Brady coming yeah, back. And their core is all old. They need to blow it up. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Tampa Bay just off, off Jesus Christ, offload in the offseason upcoming to the draft as well. So just blow it up. Just blow it up. They yeah, they have to at this point. And you know what? Who cares? They want a Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, it's not like they, their fans can be like totally, you know, outraged by it. Like they, you know, they they won their Super Bowl. They won they won the big, the big thing. And a, t- a market like Tampa Bay's been starving for that forever. Yeah. So, you know, they can't really. But I think if if the, if management decided to go in that direction, you know, the logical fan or or the fan. The, the majority of fans would probably be okay with it um, as kind of the right thing to do. Or maybe they just roll with Kyle Trask and he just becomes an absolute – he just becomes goaded. I'm, I'm, and I'm just disappointed in myself, Gio, because I'm usually a man of hot takes and a man of decisions. But in this QB carousel that is the NFL offseason this year, I am not a man of hot takes. I am not a man of quick decisions. I'm a man of – it's weird it out. It's weird. It's weird to it's weird. You're you're a man of uncertainty. It, it is weird to sit back and uh wait for things to unfold. I am a man of aggression and assertiveness. A man of aggression. <laughs> Maybe want to keep that one. Keep that one in context. Uh <laughs> yeah, they call me Goldberg. <laughs> like I, I'm a man of aggression. It's just with no context, just sounds not ideal for anybody. <laughs> Um, God, well, Aaron, um, one thing, you know, to kind of end off, I mean, this is definitely an NFL pod and I'm glad we, we talked about the NFL cause you know what, they, they keep delivering with hype and they keep delivering with, um, with, with newsworthy discussions. So shout out to the NFL for, for doing that. But, you know, it's a perfect segue from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers blowing it up to Tennessee Titans possibly blowing it up with rumors circulating around their stud star running back, Derek Henry, uh, according to, to some sources out there that the, he is possibly on the trade block. Although um, I do want to preface that, that by saying that there are other, you know, contrary reports saying that that's not the case, but um you know, if they do go down that route, Aaron, I mean, that's the first kind of guy that's going to be on the block, no? Like, if you're going to blow it up and, and actually get valuable assets back, um, he's the guy with the most value. It was him and, you know, A.J. Brown. And this is a good example, Gio, of a team looking at players and money and numbers and all that stuff on a piece of paper and not looking at what you got in front of you. 
if you compare AJ Brown's height, weight, basic attributes, and Traylon Burks, you see the same player. You see the money difference in terms of salary. You see two totally different players, right? But then when you also break down the performance, which Tennessee didn't know with Traylon Burks, you see two totally different players, right? Tennessee did not take that into account at all, and they just assumed that AJ Brown was a product of their offense and used his height and whatever good stuff to his advantage. And then Traylon Burks could easily just slide in, make it happen. Tennessee would not miss a beat. Wow, did they totally mess up on that? And I know it's a little off topic here, but wow, how are how much are they going to regret getting rid of AJ Brown? Because when Tennessee had AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, God. Like these guys could have made the, it's a, I don't think it's a stretch. Like they would have to play their best football and like a Kansas City and Cincy to maybe struggle a little bit, which is not too far fetched. They could have made the Super Bowl for sure. For sure. Just running down an opposing team's throat with Derrick Henry. As soon as you throw eight men in the box, okay, play action, AJ Brown. That's it. That was their offense. And they did that. I think this year, Gio, against Kansas City, and they almost pulled it off with Malik Willis at quarterback. Right. I mean, they, they, yeah, they're one of those teams that the way they play is built to frustrate. And they, you know, they got a good coach like Mike Vrabel, Super Bowl champion with New England, right? He knows how to coach. He outcoached Bill in a playoff game with that, um, in Tom Brady's last game there with the time, with the right. Vrabel knows what's up. Great organization, great structure. That A.J. Brown trade really killed him, though. It did. It did. And, I mean, if Derrick Henry does hit the market, um, you know, we know that that's going to be just such an amazing talking point. Um, there's so many teams that could could use him. Um, you know, I know obviously you would be hoping that he'd be, you know, an eagle. But, um, you know, one team to look out for if, if, if he is traded Look at the Bengals because Joe Mixon, this guy is a moron. And I mean, we we already know he's kind of a piece of shit for. <laughs> so I don't even know what. Previous... I don't even know what's happening with this. Was it him that was shooting, or was it like uh someone like it's someone else inside his house, like his, his trainer or something, or like? Doesn't matter. Why is anybody from your premises shooting guns <laughs> <laughs> from their like fucking window? Like, these guys are insane. Like, first is John Morant with the gun. Now it's Joe Mixon with the gun. And, I mean, Joe Mixon, you know, it's it's crazy to me that this guy isn't, like, walking on eggshells. Because the way his career started in the NFL with that horrific video of him knocking out that girl in, uh, like, it looked like, what was it, a fast food restaurant or something? Yeah. Like, he is, like, just a bad guy a bad, bad guy. And now, you know, after what happened there, I'm surprised teams even, uh, Cincinnati even went for this guy and, and decided to kind of, you know, put up with that. But now, you know, now he's he's coming up with shenanigans of this. And there's been other stuff too, I think, in the media recently about Joe Mixon just kind of acting like a, he's kind of like gone off the rails a little bit. So, I don't know, man. I like if a team like if Joe Mixon, you know, continues this behavior in Cincinnati, just finally has it and cuts him, especially if they if he gives them reason to cut him, that would be a pretty scary, scary fit. 
Derrick Henry and behind Joe Burrow with uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, although maybe he's gone yeah. too. But nonetheless, the Bengals would be nuts. How much time we got left? Uh, I think we're creeping up here, and I think we're probably going to have to wrap mm. up. So um, closing thoughts. Um, it's like a therapy session. I know. Closing, closing thoughts, Aaron. Well. On what we talked about today. <laughs> I want to just quickly touch on the Joe Mixon thing. I, like, you know what? I don't think there should be any red business. Like, in the States, of course, in Canada, it's a different story. But, like, of course, players can have guns. They can have their own collection. Whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? But, like, where he crossed the line with John Morant is he broke, obviously, team and league rules. And this guy's, like, brandishing it in the strip club. <laughs> Flailing it around. You know what I mean? Like, sure, have, have your guns, whatever. I'm sure a lot of players do, right? But can't be fun... Yeah, but Joe Mixon, the one that did the uh, the the other difference between the two, and obviously John Morant's an idiot for doing it in public. Like that's just that's unacceptable behavior. But one guy's fucking firing it, yeah. like <laughs> like one guy's unlo- unloading clips while the other guy's you know wheeling it around his his face in a strip club. Like both are idiots. But I would. I would like to know more about that story about yeah. what the hell was going I've, through Joe I've Mixon kinda, if yeah, it wasn't I kind of just saw it and like I just yeah what I don't know what's going on here. All I see is Joe Mixon, guns, kids running around with Nerf guns in his backyard. So whoever the kids are running around with Nerf guns in this guy's backyard are, are stupid. First of all, <laughs> just well, well, just know that that if you're playing a a Nerf gun war with Joe Mixon, it sounds like he's taking it a little too seriously. Uh, he, he committed a bad choice <laughs> in the NFL, but. Um, well, you know what's really, really funny with this with this John Morant stuff? Um, people on Twitter are like, dude, ship this. You know how to punish this guy? Ship this guy to Canada where they don't even allow guns over there. That'll show him. That'll show him how to be responsible with guns. <laughs> ship him off. What am I going to do without my First Amendment rights? Ship him off to Toronto. <laughs> what, do you mean have a, the, what, what do you mean allowed to carry any guns over there? That was, that was really funny. I enjoyed that. Oh, man. God. Yeah. Well. You know, that's a good way to wrap it up. Just, you know, NFL players and NBA players in the recent news here just, you know, wheeling around with pieces and and unloading them. So what a great, great, um, you know, image for the younger generations with these guys firing guns around. But um, nonetheless, you know, we're we still are yet to hear more about what the hell actually happened there. So if if we do hear more and it turns out to be more of a story, I'm sure we'll, well cover it. But as of right now, it's just Joe being before, an idiot. Oh, you're talking about Joe. I thought you were talking about Ja. Joe and Ja. Before Joe and Ja end off here. But Ja, we can talk about this next episode. He just got to oh the Grizzlies just announced he won't be with the team for the next four games. The longer he's away the worst possible, more possibility that a worse out, like a bad outcome is going to be, because that means that that means there's something going on, and the NBA has something to investigate. If the NBA had nothing to investigate, this would have been open and shut pretty quickly, right? So it's been like about a week now, and they've just announced they'll be away for four more games, which is another week's worth of games. So uh, that's nowhere near over. But the, didn't the police close the The police closed the investigation because they couldn't find enough. Which basically means okay. yes, which so basically means they saw something, but they just could not find enough. 
to get him. And that's what I was saying. It's going to be really hard for them to kind the, of be yeah, definitive. The police, yeah, but the NBA, they don't need definitive. They just, they just, they can assume, to be honest, and be like, screw you. You're just no, they can't. Oh, for sure. They can't just do that, though. They, they need to prove that. I mean, if the police can't prove it, no, I mean, the NBA can have their thoughts about it. But... I mean, it's one of those things where they're an organization, right? And private corporation, they can do whatever the heck they want because John Morant's an employee of the NBA. Well, Ja, Joe, Jim, whoever it is, stop playing with the guns, guys. It's not worth it. You're making too much money, and, you know, it's in the end, it's not worth it. But, um, I think that wraps it up for today. I think uh, we went into a little NFL deep dive, covered uh, the latest that's going on there, and um, hopefully with the draft coming up relatively soon, but a month away there. Um, hopefully some more Dynamos. Dynamos. Dominoes. Well, Dynamo Kiev. Um, hopefully more Dominoes will fall and we'll have even more exciting news to talk about. The NFL always delivers, but for now, um, follow us on Twitter, team up pod. Um, keep listening to our pod, share it, tell your friends, tell your family if you enjoy it. Um, you know, we always appreciate all the listeners here. Yeah, give us a shout on the Twitter. Um, the Twitter. Chelsea. They're in the they're in the quarters. I don't, I don't even know. That's how much of a Chelsea fan I am right now. Yeah, they uh, they scra- they they you know they scraped and clawed their and- way. Uh, plus, past uh, uh, was it Borussia? Yeah, it and uh, PSG is not in the quarters, yeah. which means Chelsea is better than PSG. Let's go. Low bar, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know, PSG, what a disaster that is. For any of the CL talk guys, any of the big kind of discussions there, tune in for our episode with our boy Rick. That will be coming out pretty soon. So, um, you know, if you are soccer fans, that's one to to definitely circle on the calendar but until then we'll see you guys tomorrow